0: You ready to get this Dumpster Fire started? Yep. Let's do it. Let's do it. Woo!
1: Hi, welcome to Dumpster Fire Cinema. My name is Aaron.
0: And I'm Jordan. And we're going to be talking about Interview with a Vampire. This is my... uh, This is my arena, folks.
1: This is your wheelhouse. I have arrived. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, shit.
0: I've been obsessed with vampires since I was probably 10 years old.
1: No surprises there. (laughs) Did you dress extra vampiric just for the show? I
0: did not.
1: That's just how you roll? This is just how I dress. Wow. Quite vampiric.
0: I wear, for those of you who don't follow my regular Twitter or Facebook or anything like that, I have dark black hair I wear black most of the time I'm wearing a moon necklace for crying out loud the only thing that's missing are fangs like seriously I I could walk into a vampire nightclub and probably fit in just fine
1: I'm a fat schlub with a beard (laughs) (laughs) I don't look like a vampire at all
0: okay so this movie came out in 1994 I was a small child again Most of these movies that we've done take place in the early 90s, and I was not yet aware of these movies. I think I saw this for the first time when I was in 7th or 8th grade.
1: Yeah, I guess I don't remember seeing it before I was a teenager either.
0: You didn't see it in the theaters? No, it
1: looked stupid as shit. I remember when the (laughs) commercials came out for it. It looked really boring, and it kind of was. I mean, you know, it wasn't a fast-paced movie by any means. I don't think I would have enjoyed it as a kid, so I'm kind of glad I didn't see it until I was a teenager. Well,
0: it's definitely an acquired taste, I feel like, because you have to think about the other vampire movies that had come out before then. I think of like Nosferatu, which was a silent movie, Um, then you've got Bram Stoker's Dracula, and so vampire movies in themselves, unless you are um, Blade or Twilight, I'm sorry,
1: there really it, isn't just a lot out yeah, there for you. You're
0: not going to go in in a action movie mindset. That's just not how it is. I just read this actually before we started recording. Oprah Winfrey actually like ran out of the first screening because there was so much gore. Like so much blood. What? Yeah. Which is like funny to me because she starred in a movie called Beloved where she killed her children.
1: Yeah. I don't think that movie was all that bloody anyways, honestly. Really? I guess... For a mainstream movie. Yeah, there was a little bit of ripping people apart, you know?
0: Eh. Well, I mean, there was a whole scene where Lestat is lying on the floor and all of his blood is draining out of him. That's I mean, true.
1: That was pretty gross. That was a strikingly gross scene. Yeah. That I was going to talk about, actually, because it's like one of those things that always... <laughs>
0: when I
1: see it, I'm like, oh, it's this part.
0: Well, we'll we'll get to that. Yeah, sure. Um, So this movie... Who is in this movie? Uh, Tom Cruise. Yeah. Brad Pitt's. A very young Kirsten Dunst, Christian um, Slater, hot Christian Slater, still hot Christian Slater,
1: Antonio Banderas. Oh, probably man. the only thing he's ever done that I like.
0: Shut up! You didn't like the Zorro movies?
1: I didn't see the Zorro movies.
0: <gasps> Aaron, was I supposed to? Yes, they, they look were stupid great. as fuck to me. At least the first one. Watch the first one. It's got our boy Anthony Hopkins. Really? Yes, hmm. he was great. He was yeah. so great. Movie was.
1: Great. I'll watch it on your recommendation.
0: Thank you. I appreciate
1: it. I respect your it's gonna suck, isn't it?
0: No, it's not. You will not be disappointed. Antonio Banderas is drunk for the first like forty five minutes of the movie.
1: What was that (laughs) other movie? Desperado? Yeah, that was good too. Yeah, El Mariachi, Desperado, Desperado, Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Those Those were were all good movies. I'm sorry. I take it back. Yeah. Antonio Banderas was awesome in all those movies. Yeah. (laughs) That's true. But I loved him in this. Yes. I thought he was great in this. I couldn't understand a fucking word he said, but I thought he was great.
0: Subtitles.
1: Yeah. You got to watch this movie with subtitles in the second half. You just have to. I can't understand any of them. The fucking theater (laughs) vampires are just, they're unintelligible. Bunch of mush mouth fucks, man.
0: (laughs) They're French. What do you expect?
1: Yeah. But I mean, come on. It's really bad. (laughs) You got to (laughs) admit It's really bad.
0: Okay. Uh, well, okay. I mean, I watch everything with subtitles, so I just, I guess I just do didn't Do you watch notice. every
1: movie with subtitles? Most movies, really? yes.
0: Yes. It's just a That's habit weird. now. Weird. Yeah. I can
1: see that being useful.
0: Well, I think mostly because my, my dad has a hard time hearing movies sometimes, and so we oh. just automatically turn on the subtitles, and so I just do it now. And it helps me to actually catch things in movies that I've watched before, like having the subtitles on. I'm like, oh, that's what they said. Well, despite the fact that Antonio Banderas does have a very thick accent, he does really well as far as having to play a four hundred year old vampire. I oh, mean yeah. he's great. Oh, he was so good. And obviously, I mean, we have the greats. Tom Tom Cruise, I mean, you can say what you want about him. I mean, he's I think he's balls to the wall crazy, but he sure. commits that I can respect that.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't mind if he's crazy. That's fine. He's a good actor. He makes good movies.
0: The common theme for all of these actors through this movie is that they are all chameleons. Because I think about the different movies that they've been in, how many different kinds of characters they've been. You know, obviously Tom Cruise, he did the Mission Impossible movies. He's done... He did a few Jack Ryan movies, didn't he? Yeah. He's played a multitude of different characters. He's done everything. Same for Brad Pitt and Kirsten Dunst and Antonio Banderas. Like, they have all, like molded themselves into these characters and it's just amazing to watch them in this early of their career. Now obviously Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise have been they'd been doing yeah, movies they, for a they while. They had a pretty
1: good career already.
0: But Kirsten Dunst had not. Now I I think yeah. um uh, she had done Little Women previously, which was a big help in her getting this role. And then watching her move on. Like seeing her as Claudia and then going on to see her in uh, Bring It On, which I love that movie guys bring it on i love that movie you you know what
1: kirsten dunst movie i love the most it's just one of the movies that i love in general is uh melancholia
0: you know i have not seen that i've heard mixed reviews about it i've heard that it's really great you just have to stick with it and i've heard it's really bad it's batshit crazy so both
1: of those things i personally love the movie
0: I like the fact that she has really kind of stepped out of the limelight and she's doing stuff that is not mainstream. She's doing a lot of indie stuff now and I applaud her for that because in my opinion, I feel like they have more honest reactions or they have more honest um, performances from actors. Um, because they're doing what they love. They hand-choose these projects. They aren't just multi-million dollar big franchise movies that they got picked for. They're, they're going, I want to do this film. And they put a lot of their heart yeah. and soul into it.
1: And she totally did with Melancholia. Yeah. 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 Everyone in that movie was great. It's a real slow burn movie. But, I mean, I just like it. The guy that wrote and directed is uh, Lars von Trier. Mm-hmm. He did Antichrist. And have you seen Nymphomaniac? I have not. It's fucked up it's very long it's basically a porno in parts they use like actual sex on the movie okay but it's really really good and it's the weirdest thing you'll ever see in your life
0: see i don't mind watching weird movies as long as i know that it's weird i can get into that headspace and not be like freaked out towards the middle like what am i watching like if i know going into it it is weird as balls it's fine I can yeah. get with
1: it. No, this movie's weird from beginning to end. It's, it's very good. I, I haven't seen anything like it, and it's really hard to describe. You should watch it if you huh. have six hours, and it's depressing. All La- Lars von Trier's movies are depressing.
0: Yeah, I have that's, to be in a...
1: That's the thing with him.
0: I have to be in a mood to just purposely sit down and watch a depressing movie. Yeah. When so
1: Nikki and I sat and watched the whole thing because it, it was on Netflix. It was two movies, two three-hour movies, basically. Huh. Volume one and volume two. They dumped them out there at the same time. Nikki and I watched it, got hooked immediately, watched the whole thing. It's it's crazy. Interesting. It's not Interview with the Vampire, though, which is the movie we're talking about <laughs> this week. So we were talking about Kirsten Dunst.
0: Right. Now, she actually won a Golden Globe for Best Performance by an Actress in a Supporting Role for yeah. this movie um well deserved yeah now this movie was nominated for best art direction and best original score by Elliot goldenthal who did the batman forever batman and robin score which ah. if yeah. you listen in specific places where it's like very climactic in interview with a vampire you can hear batman forever because they were like I don't know what it is like the staccato or the instruments or whatever's happening in the score my mind instantly goes to Batman forever and I'm like yeah now I want to watch Batman forever
1: there are a couple of weird score moments in this movie that just kind of yeah kinda takes you out of it
0: I mean I like the score I mean it's very like sweeping and full and and just I mean it kind of pulls you into it but then again I hear those moments and I'm just instantly like are Batman and Robin going to come flying into this movie? (laughs) Because I feel like that's about to happen. I mean, that's Uh, what it sounds like. Yeah. To me. The director is Neil Jordan. Um, Now, I don't think I've ever actually seen anything else of his. He did The Crying Game.
1: I've seen The Crying Game.
0: Won an Oscar for Best Writing. Uh, The Borgias TV show.
1: I saw one episode. It was boring.
0: And then he did The End of the Affair, which had Julianne Moore and Ray Fiennes. Never saw it. I didn't either. But apparently it was a...
1: Sounds like a made for HBO movie.
0: <laughs> I don't actually know. I mean, it looks like a drama. This is based on the book series written by Anne Rice. She wrote the screenplay, and Neil Jordan did some like serious rewrites. But because of the Writers Guild contracts, they were obligated to put Anne Rice as writer of the screenplay. Really? Uh uh-huh. huh. Huh. So I haven't actually finished reading Interview with the Vampire. Anne Rice's writing to me is is very. It's kind of touch and go like at some points it's very like you're into it and you're like, oh, I, I love this. I want to keep reading. And then and, and then she loses you in some places and you're like, OK, And you put the book down and it's, it's on my list of things to finish. And I just I haven't. I've
1: never attempted to read any of her work.
0: I really need to just pick it up and finish reading it just to say that I did and, and feel like I can do a side by side comparison. But I mean, I probably started that book maybe 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't tell you what's accurate and what's not as yeah. far as the book versus the movie. Well, I find,
1: you know, most of the time with these things, it's not even worth it to try.
0: It's funny to me because, you know, sometimes you hear about authors who are very involved in their movie adaptations of their books. You know, J.K. Rowling's very involved. Stephen King is very involved. Um, Anne Rice was was actually pretty involved with hers. Now, she actually had an idea for who she wanted to be Lestat. So you know who Rucker Hauer is, right? Yeah. Okay. She wanted him to be Lestat back in 1976 when she wrote the novel. I could see it. Yeah, which is funny because he actually was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Salem's Lot as a vampire. But by the time they actually started filming this, he was too old. When she heard that Tom Cruise got the part of Lestat, she was livid. And she was scared that Cruise would not be able to carry the part. She said it's the worst crime in the name of casting since the bonfire of the vanities, which I don't know what that is. Oh, boy. Um, what
1: did she think about Queen of the Damned, I wonder? Oh, I hope
0: she hated it as much as I did because uh, damn, damn, that was a horrible movie.
1: Yeah. It was I don't, so bad. I thought Tom Cruise was a fine Lestat. He
0: was a great Lestat. Yeah. He was, he was great. And then she recused herself from the production and she didn't view the film until a producer sent her a copy of the movie and she watched it. And she was actually so mesmerized by his performance that she later sent him a letter apologizing for her um
1: throwing shade yeah (laughs) well good good she should
0: yeah i think overall i think she was pretty impressed with how it turned out i mean she took out two ads in like two major newspapers honing the the movie as a masterpiece yeah so i mean i think she was proud i think the casting was just bizarre to her
1: which in concept yeah i could see that but i mean they did a great job
0: but we saw tom cruise in legend i mean he played he i mean
1: legend he, was a little bit more campy than this though
0: yeah but it was still a um fantasy it was still a sure. fantasy world and sure. so it wasn't we, much of
1: a stretch no.
0: right so we saw him in a character that is not an action star you know maverick or ethan hunt or whoever like we saw him right. doing something outside of his comfort zone sure. so um it's just funny to me how she was just like this is just so bizarre i can't believe this casting and then she's just like poo it off and, and doesn't watch the movie until much later <laughs> which is funny to me i mean i guess if i was a world-renowned author i would be picky too sure yeah, yeah.
1: i mean if you're protecting your intellectual property you don't want it to turn to shit yeah yeah i i totally get it yeah i mean stephen king took a hands-on approach and half the movies were still garbage so Uh, it can backfire on you sometimes too
0: we'll have to debate that later on because what your definition of garbage is might be different than mine
1: (laughs) well you also have to remember that my definition of garbage doesn't mean i think it's bad because i like shitty movies true 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 and i honestly i like all stephen king's movies but some of them are really bad oh yeah sleepwalkers fucking tommy knockers
0: oh tommy knockers oh man no
1: he's made some fucking stinkers and he's made some movies that i really like too, like creep show i fucking love creep show so much have you
0: seen creep show i've seen bits of it i haven't seen the whole thing
1: you should watch all three movies the third one doesn't actually have anything to do with stephen king but it's (laughs) hilariously bad tell me if you want to review them because you might really like them they're really good
0: okay all right i'll put that on my list
1: Another movie that is not interviewed with a vampire.
0: <laughs> we keep trailing off, man. It's okay. Okay, so the movie starts out... Um, they're in San Francisco. And we have Christian Slater. Hot Christian Slater in glasses. Um, Sorry, <laughs> I, I got distracted. He's in a hotel room. And he has followed this man who we don't know yet into this hotel room. And... We very soon, very quickly find out that this man is Louis the Vampire. Which at first, the interviewer, which they don't really give him a name. I think I think his name was supposed to be something Malloy. But they, I don't think they ever called him that in the movie. The interviewer doesn't believe him. He's very much like, yeah, whatever. I just thought you were interesting. I wanted to interview you. Whatever. And then Louis, he's standing in front of the window and he tells the interviewer, should i get the light and then like in a flash goes to turn on the light and then sits down in the chair and christian slater's like oh shit oh my god you move so fast
1: wow you're a vampire (laughs) tell me everything and then the movie starts yeah brad pitt was wearing an awful lot of makeup in that scene and (laughs) he was very very posh looking the looks that they give him in this movie are so weird sometimes
0: his hair is magnificent, it's, though. I want to know what conditioner he's using, and I want to use it. He's
1: got volume, man. Yes. The guy's got volume. He's got
0: flow and volume, like more than I could ever have in probably my whole lifetime.
1: Yeah. It, see, there's there's one constant thing. Every scene in this movie with Louie in it, it might be a revolting, disgusting scene, but his hair looks Perfect. fabulous. Her. in every scene Well, but
0: that's that's kind of how i feel about brad pitt through the whole thing you yeah, never really see true. him in a ugly or compromising position like he always looks very handsome
1: even when he's eating rats
0: even when he's eating rats <laughs> like you know yeah. it's just those contacts though those contacts yeah. distract you and you're like oh you're so pretty because honestly if you thought that brad pitt couldn't get hotter you would be wrong because as soon as he becomes a vampire hot damn like oh my you vampire senses a tingle (laughs) does that that get
1: your fags out
0: (laughs) maybe a little bit maybe a little bit um anyway so he he starts with his life story talking about how his wife died in childbirth and he is this depressed sad rich white boy who owns lots of slaves and all he wants to do is die
1: yeah he's a real bitch real whiny bitch louie
0: then he meets somebody who is willing to... Um,
1: Give him the exact opposite of what he wants. And Louie's like, okay, let's do it.
0: Which I don't, I don't understand. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't don't make sense. Don't try and think
1: about it because it doesn't make sense. But
0: it hurts my brain, Aaron.
1: There is a, a paradox within this movie, and that paradox is Louie.
0: Louis is probably the exception when it comes to how vampires act because he wishes for death. He's depressed. He's sad. He wants... All of his estate to be gone. He doesn't give a shit about anything. And then Lestat comes along and is saying that he will give him the gift of eternal life. And if I'm in Louis' position, if I am this suicidal, depressed, want-to-die-and-be-with-my-wife-and-child mood. If some vampire says, hey, hey man, you want to live forever? I'd be like, fuck off, dude. I just want to die.
1: Right, but I think the thing that maybe the subtext there is that maybe Louis didn't really have a choice. Maybe Lestat's like glamour or whatever he does to people. You see him do it throughout the whole movie. Yeah. Maybe he was just glamouring Louis the whole time and he's given him this whole thing about the choice I never had. Because supposedly Lestat was made against his will.
0: That's true though. That's part of Lestat's story. Marius is his maker, Um, And so Marius did not give him the choice. He just made him a vampire against his will. And he had to learn by himself because Marius disappeared. I mean, like poof out of his life. And so Lestat had to learn how to be a vampire by himself. But this is like his selling point. Like I'm going to give you the choice I never had. Like he says that to everyone.
1: There's no choice to it.
0: No, he doesn't give anybody a choice. It's It's a lie. Yeah. And, the thing is, is that this whole transitioning, Louis transitioning into a vampire, doesn't take place within a couple of minutes. It's like a day. Like, he bites him, he falls in the river, then he's sick laying in bed, and Lestat comes to visit him and says, you have a choice, you can die, or you can explore this new life with me. And Louis gets up and goes to explore the new life. Why?
1: Look with your vampire eyes. <laughs>
0: It's It's so fucking cheesy, man. It's very dramatic. I remember
1: when I was a teenager watching this movie thinking, oh, that's pretty cool. But watching it last week, it was like, oh, my God, that's the cheesiest (laughs) thing I've ever seen.
0: (laughs) I don't know if it's in the movie or if it's in the book. I think there's a there's a description somewhere about how he sees the life around him. He sees everything moving. Yeah. The statues come to life. and Well, he, he can, said it
1: in the yeah. narration of that scene.
0: And he can hear everything and see everything. Now, this movie does really good with keeping to the vampire lore. Obviously, they can't come out during the day. The sun burns their skin. They sleep in coffins. Um, The whole crosses and garlic thing, she kind of did away with that. Um, He's got a reflection in every single surface, whether it's a mirror or in the daggum pond that he's looking in. I mean, if you're going to keep to some of the vampire lore, I'm just trying to decide like what exactly stays and what goes. Like you have the major ones, but they have a reflection. But they can't come out during the day and they have to sleep in coffins. To me, I feel like if you're going to be in the world of the vampire, I think that you should stick to the main things. Now, if you're going to do a Stephanie Meyer or a Blade or something where you just kind of veer (laughs) way off into la la land with your ideas about vampires, then you live in your own realm and you can do whatever you want. But if you're going to have some of the rules, I think you should have all of them. And it bugs me every time they look in a freaking mirror that they can see themselves. Like, come on, people! let's.
1: I think that's a very minor nitpick. You should be ashamed of
0: yourself. I am not ashamed of myself. I am a vampire purist. I will stick to it.
1: I wonder why they didn't, though.
0: It's a very interesting question.
1: I mean, they could've.
0: They totally could've. So then... We get into this whole relationship with Louis and Lestat. Um, you know, Louis is very hesitant to kill. He does not want to kill people. He would prefer to eat rats and chickens. And he's
1: just as sappy and whiny as he was oh when he was God. alive. Yes, he's just
0: probably worse.
1: The worst. The he's like this immortal buzzkill.
0: Yeah, just which
1: when Louis, <laughs> which wah.
0: Lestat keeps saying and. I
1: honestly got a side with Lestat. Now, Lestat, he's an asshole. Lestat. He's a sociopath. He is an absolutely just next level asshole for sure. But, yeah. you know, all he wanted was somebody to hang out with and kill people with and have fun with. And Louis just like, oh, but I don't want to kill anybody. It's, <laughs> is that uh, your impression of Louis? <laughs> that's my Louis. <laughs> oh, God, guys. I don't want to eat anyone. Shit. <laughs> But eat a fucking rat, guys.
0: And Lestat is just like, "You idiot, you yeah. moron, go around eating chickens and rats, and burning down your own house," which didn't make sense to me. No, nope. in my head, I'm what like, "What was the point? Set the slaves free, let everybody go, keep the house." Well, you
1: know? they were they were already fucked because the slaves were wanting to kill him because they because he ate that servant kill girl. Kill all the slaves. <laughs> well, there you go. I'm sorry. That's the obvious That's answer, terrible. right?
0: That's terrible.
1: That's probably what happened after the sun went down on that scene. Yeah. You know Lestat that. stat just killed them all. Of course was, he did. That uh,
0: was Fanny Newton. Who I, the
1: fuck is Fannie Newton?
0: Fanny Newton? Come yeah. on. She's been in everything. She was in the second Mission Impossible. She was in Westworld, the hooker robot who woke up in the lab. Oh, really? Yes. She's great. They gave her a small part in this, but I forgot that she was in it, and then she I died. I didn't recognize her. And so, and it's just this constant back and forth where... Louis runs off into the rain and he feels very sorry for himself. And Lestat comes after him and it's just back and forth, back and forth. And it's just like, come on, Louis. Uh, Like, if you don't, if you don't like Lestat's style, leave.
1: Yeah. Well, Lestat would track him down, of course, but. Because he's a
0: psycho stalker, but yes.
1: Yeah. But Louis could at least go have some fun somewhere. Go live the way he wants to live somewhere else. He should have never taken the fucking deal, honestly. He just wanted to die. Yeah. It doesn't make any damn sense. At any point, he could have just, like, bathed in the sunlight, you know? True.
0: Waited but, for the sun to rise. What,
1: what the fuck is stopping Louis from just offing himself? I think he's just a little shit.
0: I think that's where he? things get lost in translation, though, because he was a little more headstrong in the book. He wasn't quite as whiny, and I think that maybe there was some, some context to why he stayed around with Lestat. There has to be because it doesn't really flow in the movie. It's it's not like he's a slave and Lestat is making him be a vampire. Like he chose to be a vampire. This is what comes with it, man.
1: Yeah, and he doesn't have any like will to pull himself out of the shithole he's in. Yeah, he's just a he's just like I said before. He's the same fucking schlub that was gonna kill himself on the docks. He's just a schlub. That's it. Louie <laughs> just doesn't have any goals or aspirations or anything at all. He just doesn't want to do shit.
0: So it's it's a fight between I don't want to kill and you're a killer, Louie. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. And right. it's just back and forth. And then there's that whole scene where he bites that poor girl's titty. <laughs> and it hurts yeah. me so bad. And the, Okay. Here's the other thing about these <laughs> sex workers. They're being bit, right? And they're like moaning in pleasure. Girl, that shit hurts.
1: But it's Lestat. He's yeah. glamouring him.
0: Okay. I don't care.
1: Hey, that's it that's hurts. the answer.
0: Nah, on they the love neck. That shit. On the wrist. On the titty. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. You have to like there's a difference between like a love bite and taking a chunk out of somebody, which is what Lestat does and for a minute, she's laying there and she's like, oh, yeah, that felt great. And the only reason she freaks out is because she looks down and she sees she's covered in blood.
1: I think Lestat was like letting the glamour slip. He wanted her to see that she was fucked. It was a sadism play. You well, know? of
0: course it was because he wanted. Well, he was torturing Louis psychologically, right, right. but he
1: was also. Now, see, the whole time he's like in their heads. Yeah. He's making them like the shit. that's that's his power that's you know they all have powers because it's the fucking vampire cinematic universe true they've all got their x-men powers (laughs) Louis got the power of being a cunt and lestat glamour people and santiago he could read minds and uh what what was armand's
0: power what was his being insanely hot (laughs)
1: <laughs> that his hair was pretty dope in this movie oh, too. Man, he had I just he wanted had, to French braid it. I think he had better hair than Louis in this movie. It was kind of puffy. He had that typo negative thing going on. Yeah, he totally yeah. did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah, He's great. Love Draymond. Yeah. No, what was his superpower though?
0: Um, well, he was the oldest vampire in the world, so I think maybe he had all the powers. Ooh, he could fly. He could read minds. He could uh, run real fast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> could they all fly? I think they could all fly. Well, Probably. I never mean, we never saw Claudia fly.
0: No, um Louis w- flew. No, Louis didn't fly. That was Lestat. Lestat picked him up. Yeah, he never right. flew okay. on his own. You're right, you're right. Louis never, he never
1: learned to fly. Poor Louis. That's <laughs> he why didn't he believed. That's why he was so emo. He couldn't fly. <laughs>
0: he didn't clap hard enough. Lestat he had believe. to
1: spit his dinner in his mouth. He had to chew it for him, <laughs> spit it in his mouth, teach him how to fly.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that middle image. You love it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> gross um okay so then he goes into a house and well he hears a little girl and he goes into the house and he sees this little girl she's sitting on the floor and she's calling for her mom and she's crying and for whatever reason louie decides that he is going to eat this girl i mean
1: <laughs> womp, womp, womp.
0: come on dude. Louis. like you're sitting here talking about Um, how evil you are
1: i'm so virtuous i won't kill Uh, i'm gonna eat this little girl fuck it
0: yeah like why i mean what a
1: leap in logic it's so it's so louis i want to die so i'm gonna become a vampire i don't want to kill anybody oh i'm gonna eat this little girl yeah fuck louis (laughs) don't be louis Don't, don't be
0: a louis guys anyway so Lestat finds him and he's laughing at him going oh Yes, the great philosopher. Right. My what my pillar my what, paragon. My they're... paragon. Here he is yeah. eating a little girl and I would probably have done the same thing if I were Lestat. I'd been like, "Bitch, are you serious? You just sat there crying to me about killing those girls, hypocrite." Hypocrite. Yeah. Which, you know, Listot uses it to keep Louie around. He right. changes Claudia into a vampire at Vampire Lane. Vampire Vamp- Vampir-
1: Vampire-ling? Yeah, a youngling.
0: Yeah, he changes her into a vampire, quote-unquote, for Louis, because he needs a companion, which is all kinds of weird when you think about it, because this girl is 12, and he's 24 in the movie. It's a very interesting triangle, because first they kind of talk about her being their daughter, and then they go around calling each other their, oh, my love, my beloved, which... You know, if you're... It's creepy. There's not any kind of sexual connotation there. Not not between the three of them.
1: No, they have this big family connection but right. it's really creepy and dysfunctional and
0: just right. really awful. Because Claudia instantly becomes a killer. Super quick. She's killing left and right. She has no remorse. She's very much a little sociopath. Just right after listot's little black heart. Um, but she also has a special relationship with Louie. He... Cares for her very deeply. She sleeps in the same coffin as he does. It's just very like big brother, little sister, or like father-daughter type of relationship. Whereas with Lestat and Claudia, it's more like mentor and pupil. He's trying to get her to be as vicious as he is because Louis won't be. And so this is Lestat's opportunity to really find somebody who he doesn't have to justify himself to.
1: Right. Someone that understands him. Yeah. That he can kill with and, you know, do what he wanted to do with Louie. Yeah. But Claudia is going to be a little girl forever.
0: Right. Which she realizes. I mean, 30 years go by, she's the same physically as she was. Now, mentally, she's older. But physically, she is the same.
1: Oh, yeah. Apparently, getting turned into a vampire makes your hair really cute. Because hers, like, curled up like a little doll-
0: it did, which,
1: which was kind of what she was, right? That's there's some symbolism there. She was, uh, she was Lestat's little doll.
0: Yeah, and I don't know how I feel about the whole you cut your hair, it grows back the same. In this world, you are stuck with whatever physical features you had when you became a vampire. That's why Louis always has long hair. That's why Lestat always has long hair. That that's what he became a vampire as. So it's basically like a tattoo.
1: I don't know why. I just kind of got the impression when I was watching it that Lestat was making it all happen.
0: I don't know. I think it's just a vampire thing. I think it's just that particular vampire thing.
1: I don't know. (laughs) Further data required.
0: Okay. Fair (laughs) enough. It's
1: not explained. So Um, headcanon.
0: Yeah, she kind of has this fit where she's facing off with Lestat. Just basically like, who made me a vampire? Which
1: they kind of both did it.
0: They both did and she's having this self actualization that she is going to be this way forever. She is going to be a 12 year old girl forever, which I would be upset too. I don't want I wouldn't yeah. want to be 12 forever. I wouldn't want to have a 30 year old brain and a 12 year old body. That's yeah. that's torture. Claudia's to story
1: me. is tragic all it the way through. It is very
0: tragic. I mean there's no happy ending for Claudia.
1: Oh certainly not.
0: Well, and then we're coming to a place where the relationship between Lestat and Claudia is starting to dissolve. I mean, she is starting to really hate him. He's I, doing
1: awful things to her and Louis just at every chance he gets. He's just, just being an absolute shit bag to him.
0: Yeah, just psychologically messing with them. He's being yeah. very rude to Claudia and making fun of the fact that she'll never grow up to have a woman's body. He's um, created
1: a hostile work environment.
0: Pretty much. He's the worst kind of manager. Yeah. So Claudia and Louis decide that they are going to try and get away from Lestat. Now, Louis says he'll never let us go. And Claudia's like, bitch, watch me. Hold my beer.
1: Hold my juice box.
0: Yeah, we're going to fix this. And she comes up with this plan where she has these two little boys. She tells Lestat they're drunk. She's like, they're your favorite. And I'm going, gross. Some
1: twin boys.
0: Gross. And he's like, oh, we have a truce now. Get out of my way. I'm about to feast. And he takes a, a bite and a drink. And he's like, did you, what did you give them? And she says, I gave them laudanum, which killed them, but it keeps their blood warm. And in vampire lore, which spans across several different kinds of vampire stories, vampire realms is that vampires cannot drink dead man's blood it will make them very sick they can't function it it paralyzes them basically and so she takes the opportunity and slits Lestat's throat and
1: uh it's really gross it's real
0: gross because he just bleeds out I mean a ton of blood all over the floor and I just love how Louis walks in and he's like Good gracious. (laughs) Yeah.
1: He's just like, whoa, what's going on here, guys? Lestat's just just squirting just gallons of blood.
0: And he's proceeding to, like, turn into a mummy. Yeah. Like,
1: like, he's drying up.
0: Yeah. It's really gross. It is real gross.
1: And then in the next scene, they dump his ass out in the bayou. And that's real gross, too. Yeah. Because they have this really bad mannequin, Lestat, (laughs) that's just, like, so gross slimy looking and just disgusting it's like it's one of the grossest parts of this movie and it's just disgusting
0: but it speaks to a a theme that goes throughout the whole movie which is a very macabre theme it's very dark it's very bloody it's very um
1: there's of course like no scenes in this movie in the daytime no at all
0: no of course not you're venturing into a very interesting world i mean there is no sunshine or happiness At all in this movie.
1: That's a mechanic that's really explored in this movie too. Yeah, the fact that everything has to be done at night. You really get a sense when you're watching this movie of being isolated to nighttime. Yes, this movie is all about atmosphere, isn't it?
0: It is. It is. And you touched on a good word there, isolation, because in this world, it's not like there is a billion vampires running around. No, as far as we know. Lestat, Louis, and Claudia are the only vampires in New Orleans. Yeah. I mean, there are none to be found, which is a big thing for Claudia because she wants to know more about vampires. But you can't just sit down and have a pint of warm blood with your fellow neighbor vampire. Like, it's just not a thing in this world.
1: They're forced to do everything in the shadows. They're, they do have some powers to manipulate people to keep them from freaking out and screaming. And drawing attention to him, but they still get in some pretty close calls a lot in this movie.
0: Claudia murders the shit out of Lestat, um, which I kind of am at odds with how I feel about Lestat because there's a part of me that feels really bad for him. So many bad things happen to him. He gets his throat slit. He comes back to life.
1: Yeah, apparently Lestat power number 1746 is that he's fucking immortal.
0: You can't, you yeah. simply
1: can't kill Lestat. No. You can't. I mean. You can't be killed.
0: Drain his blood?
1: Nope. Burn him at the stake? Nope. 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 I, I guess sunlight, but he would have gotten sunlight in the bayou. How did he survive the bayou?
0: I mean, the bayou, there's lots of tree cover.
1: Some sunlight had to have gotten on him at some point. He was down there forever.
0: Do you think he lived in the water? Like Aquaman Lestat.
1: He's just down there just <laughs> wiggling around, eating <laughs> grubs and shit off the bottom of the river, eating little shrimp and I could say that. crawdads till he gets back to health, and that's,
0: and that's what happens. That's true. Yeah, He yeah. does
1: that and then they kill him again.
0: All the pestilence of the Mississippi <laughs> right. he eats. Yeah. So Claudia and Louis are about to embark over to Europe because they want to explore and they want to see if they can find other vampires and Lestat. Comes back and a uh, really seriously creepy. It's so creepy to me. So he's playing the piano and he like there's that curtain that's like flowing over his face and.
1: Mosquito net. Do vampires have to worry about mosquitoes? I would
0: think not. I, I don't think so. I, I feel like they're not warm enough. Maybe they're, they're, yeah. their lack of warmth yeah. keeps from attracting bugs. Yep. I don't know. Solved. Solved. Um, anyway, so he's playing the piano and the curtain moves back and you see that he is this disgusting zombie vampire thing.
1: He looks like shit
0: that has come back to life. And both Louis and Claudia are like,
1: his hair is terrible. That That's how you know he's yeah. on the skids because his hair is all fucked up.
0: So he tries to attack Louis and Claudia and they end up burning the house down and let's stop with it. And they are able to embark on their journey over to everywhere. They went to Italy. They went to the Mediterranean. They went to God Spain. Spain. They went everywhere looking for other vampires, which they didn't find, adding to their isolation. They finally decide that they're going to Paris. And this is where things take an even steeper turn. I mean, things seem like they're good. Like Louis and Claudia are living their life together and they're able to... Do what they want to do without a- fear of...
1: Apparently, Louie's killing people now, right? I guess so. The... I, they
0: There isn't a whole lot of detail as to how he's surviving. And I can only assume that he is killing people discreetly.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, something's going on. I mean, he looks good. He's healthy. He at looks least like he's been eating.
0: Claudia is, at least.
1: I don't know what the deal is, but they, they don't go into any more of this Louie... Being a a Debbie Downer shit. You see this whole upswinging attitude and it's like, is he
0: eating people? He's got that eating people color.
1: I think he is. I think he's eating people.
0: Hey, I have a question for you. Where the fuck is all the money coming from? Like, they don't have jobs. He burned down his farm. He doesn't have any income. Where is the money coming from?
1: I just assume that they're killing aristocrats and taking their shit.
0: So, killers and thieves. Yep. Awesome. Absolutely. That's one of the things that always I always think about every time I watch the movie is okay, so they're going on these trips and they're staying in these lavish places and he's buying her gifts how well, and where is the money coming from? I well, mean, they
1: can move like super fast and fly and shit. They're they're robbing people, clearly. They're breaking into houses, they're doing B&Es. They're
0: <laughs> Sorry, I just this idea of louis having a problem with killing but being okay with stealing people's stuff is
1: you know what i wouldn't put it past louis one bit to be exactly like that yeah i guess so because he's a bitch if it doesn't make sense that's what louis gonna do (laughs) fucking louis
0: god i hate
1: louis i really do i hate louis in this movie you know if he wasn't in this movie it would be so badass
0: if it was just Lestat and
1: Claudia running around <laughs> fucking shit up, come on, man. That's the movie I want to see. Not yeah. Queen of the Fucking Damned. God.
0: Fuck that damn movie. Oh. Anyway, moving on. Um, so they go to Paris and he says the line more like, Um, I stopped looking for a vampire and that's when a vampire found me. Right. Um, and he finds this group of this theater group nerds. Theater nerd vampires. Yeah, we're introduced to Armand. Oh man, I'm just so every time that he comes on screen, I'm just like, I have to like pause and or because I have got to, big poofy hair. I got I to clean the drool off my face. <laughs> <laughs> it's embarrassing, really. It is because it's not. It's just not fair that somebody can look so pretty. Like, he, I mean, he looks He's handsome and pretty at the same time. Like, how, Pretty is the man. look that they went
1: for with all the men in this movie. This is true. Yeah.
0: This is true.
1: Everybody was real pretty. And it just... Bunch poofs. of... poofs, <laughs> Bunch of poofs. Oh, yeah. There's a, just loads of homoeroticism in this movie.
0: Well, that's how she wrote the book.
1: Sure. i clearly... <laughs>
0: she was very concerned that it wasn't going to get the attention that it deserved because of the homosexual tendencies of these characters. Now, I feel like if Anne Rice had her way, you probably would have seen some man on man action happening in this movie. They
1: let you know there's some man on man stuff going on. They don't necessarily make it explicit, but they wouldn't have in the time this movie came out. Really?
0: Like I said, I haven't fully read the book, but I'm, fairly certain that louis and armand had a more explicit and and deep relationship i feel like because the way that they're written in the movie like there's just this instant connection they are just instantly drawn to each other and you can't help but feel like armand loves louis and for whatever reason because he's only ever he's only seen him a couple times but already they're they're
1: burning bright and fast aren't they oh yeah. yeah oh
0: yeah yeah Anyway, so he invites them to a show at the theater, I guess, that he owns. Or yeah. they own. I don't know. Um, they are putting on a show. It's vampires acting like humans acting like vampires. Yes. It's very... It's avant-garde. Avant-garde.
1: Uh.
0: <laughs> and it's just... The whole play is very chilling. It's it's basically this vampire. Um, well, the audience... Okay, Here's here's the question I want to know: Do you think the audience knows that people are dying on stage? Do Do no. you think that? I don't know. I feel like they do. Nope. I feel like there's a part of them that actually knows that that girl died on stage. I mean, it's so visceral. Like nobody claps at the end. Everybody's just you, you think watching it's like an her. eyes wide shut thing. Maybe I don't know. It's just so it's so real and visceral to me. I mean, there's this girl naked on stage for God and everyone to see, and nobody stops them. Nobody's like, Hey, that looks fishy. Nobody checks to see if the girl is still alive. Like she just gets eaten and they take her off stage and oh ta-da! And everyone just leaves, like
1: Well, I think that's just kind of part of the whole thing with Yeah, maybe
0: it's the whole, like, because it's macabre, everyone knows they're going to watch a play about death, and so they are expecting to see someone quote-unquote die.
1: That's always been my assumption. It's a tongue-in-cheek joke for them, of course.
0: Well, of course, because they are, again, playing humans who play vampires, and they, you know, the guy flying in and out of the well, people think he's on strings. Right. He is a vampire with flying powers. I mean, he's
1: just flying. That's probably, you know, how they get their claim to fame is doing shit like that.
0: I don't know. Maybe a little part of the audience knows. Oh,
1: there's certainly vampires in the audience and probably freaks that know about them. Probably.
0: Probably. And this is like, to me, watching Armand on stage and then watching him afterwards talking to Louis. Like, I just want to know more about him. I don't really care about anybody else at this point. Like, I just want to know Absolutely. where he came from, what he's been doing with his 400 years on this planet. I don't know. He's just infinitely more interesting than any of the yeah. characters.
1: At this point, pretty much every time I've watched this movie, I'm like, I want to see uh, Armand movie.
0: Yeah. I don't care about Louis anymore. I don't care about Claudia. I don't care about Lestat. Like, I just want to watch a movie about Armand. Absolutely. Period.
1: And the theater vampires. Yeah. I mean, they're dicks.
0: Well, but here's the thing to me. It's funny because also in this realm of vampirism, they also have vampire justice. So if you kill one of your own, especially your maker, then you are put to death. And maybe it's like a European vampire thing. Well,
1: they've got their society Ah. because, you know, these people are probably just like the vampires back in New Orleans. They don't know. I don't think there's a real established vampire government in this movie.
0: But if Armand is 400 years old, you have to assume that the other vampires, including Santiago, his little creepy sidekick. He is so creepy. So creepy. Little
1: turtle man. (laughs) You know who he reminds me of? He kind of reminds me of Joe from Empire Records.
0: I got a Willem Dafoe vibe off of him.
1: He does have some Willem Dafoe moments.
0: I kind of wish it had been Willem Dafoe now.
1: Wouldn't that be nice? That would
0: have been awesome.
1: Yeah. Willem Dafoe is definitely missing from this fucking movie, isn't he? He is. Holy shit.
0: I need to see him as a vampire. Even if he's like creepy as fuck. Didn't
1: he play Nosferatu? Yeah, he totally did. He was Nosferatu in a Nosferatu movie.
0: Did he really? Yeah.
1: Shadow of the Vampire.
0: I'm going to have to watch that. Holy crap. Fucking A. Yeah. Nice. I bet
1: he was really good. I didn't see that movie. I remember when it came out, people were saying that it was really boring. But uh, you got to kind of expect that with Nosferatu because Nosferatu is a boring vampire. Sorry. That's just he, what it is. He was
0: scary if, as hell when it came out.
1: He was creepy, but those movies were boring. All movies were boring back then. And so whenever you do an <laughs> homage to that movie, it can't just be balls to the wall action. You know what I mean? <laughs> Nosferatu. You yeah. Nosferatu 2 with the vengeance. You, you can't do that.
0: <laughs> so I,
1: I get it. And I imagine that it's really good.
0: True. I just I find it interesting that in this world where they kill people on stage for entertainment and for food they have a justice system a quote-unquote justice system and I don't I don't know if that's a real thing I'm thinking maybe they just made it up because these sure. guys were new and they're Americans and hey we're gonna you they're know probably mess with just you.
1: fucking with them
0: I guess so these
1: theater vampires are really a bunch of cunts they're fucking they really with are. everyone yeah I, I think they're great they're like a bunch of animals aren't they
0: yeah, kind of. I feel
1: like they could do like a they could do like a show about the theater vampires, like a catty teenage high school drama show Ooh. about the <laughs> theater. Maybe vampires. leave out
0: the teenage part. Just do a just do a TV show about the theater vampires. Well, It'd be act, great. They
1: act like a bunch of teenagers, don't they? And you can have Armand. like a teenage drama club.
0: Yes. Yes. No. No. Sorry, I was thinking about calm, Armand. Calm
1: down. <laughs> calm down.
0: And you, you said teenage drama, and I said yes, and I was I'm not agreeing to that. Not happening. I think
1: you did. No. Do so uh celebrity bingo time for Jordan.
0: Celebrity bingo so time. So we're
1: gonna get our markers out and we're gonna scratch out Antonio Banderas. Yes, we are. As Armand the Vampire.
0: Hmm. Okay. In the midst of all of this. Claudia thinks that Louis is going to leave her for Armand, which he rightly should. Yeah. Uh, so she decides that she is going to get a companion for herself, an older l- woman.
1: And she's basically made this woman into her mother.
0: A vampire mother type. Yeah. Yeah, because she she's very afraid that Louis is just going to toss her away and go for the hot vampire, which I don't blame him. But at the same time, you know, he loves Claudia too much to do that. Anyway, so he agrees to make her into a vampire, you know, after she's after throwing a temper tantrum.
1: emo fit from Louis. Oh, do you know what you ask of me? Oh. <laughs> oh, he's like the Patrick Morrissey of the vampire world.
0: Oh, my God. He totally is. That was a perfect description. Thank you. I've yeah. been looking for that all day.
1: It's true. I'm he's- glad you
0: said that. The woman has just turned into a vampire and Louie's like, should I fall off this balcony or should I just lay here and let this 12 year old kiss me, which he does.
1: Creepy moment. Number 5,471. Yeah. In this movie. Oh
0: yeah. Which Kirsten Dunn says was very creepy to her. Like at the time she was like, "Ugh, that's weird.
1: I, uh, yeah. I
0: mean, there was 18 years between them. Shh. That's just too much. Yeah. Too too, too much. Too much. So then the theater vampires rush in and they're like, time for some vampire justice. Uh, (laughs)
1: Yeah. You
0: know, in their batty, weird way.
1: (laughs) It looks like like the whole scene is part of a stage play. It's kind of cool. I like it. I think it's neat what they did there.
0: Well, they pull a Edgar Allan Poe on Louis. They do. Have you read The Cask of Amontillado?
1: Oh, God. Like... 25 years ago.
0: So just just briefly, The Cask of Amontillado is a story that Edgar Allan Poe wrote about a man who basically locks up his enemy in a box and then barricades him in a wall. And that's what they do to louis They put him in a coffin and they close it shut and then they brick him into a wall. Right. Um all the while they put Claudia and her new uh companion in this
1: Yeah, she's been a vampire for like 6 seconds now. Yeah. And they've already got her in a in a well, basically.
0: Yeah, it's, I guess it's kind of a du- like a dungeon well type thing. It,
1: it's a well that they can get into from the bottom, and the sunlight yeah. comes in through the top, and it's not good for vampires.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's it's this just, is a
1: this is a room that was designed for executing vampires.
0: Well, I don't know about that because they're they're in catacombs below the theater, so I don't really know what that room would be for. I mean, you could be right. It could just be a room that they're like, hey, this is where we exact our stupid vampire justice if there's such a thing.
1: It seems like there's a couple of these rooms in there too. Like there's some cells down there.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't really quite. So get... this is
1: in the Paris catacombs? I guess so. I didn't realize that. That's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, that, I mean that's that's the whole thing. He takes them down into the catacombs, and my my instant thought is he's like, "We live down here." And my instant thought is like, "I'll go get a hotel. Thank you very much. Like I'm not yeah, staying here for sure." Which it's funny because you know they all have coffins, but Armand has this like room with a big bed, and he's just very like kingly down there.
1: Yeah, Armand is definitely at the top of the pecking order. In oh, this of group. course. Yeah.
0: He's probably, I said, he probably has all the vampire powers and is the most powerful vampire there. So, nobody's going to go up against Armand, Yeah. uh, For sure. Anyway, so they lock Claudia and her companion in this room. And the sun rises and they are burned to ash, which is very sad. I mean, for me, I feel like I kind of have a soft spot for Claudia. I mean, she she does things in a dramatic way and she gets kind of preachy about stuff. But I feel like for the most part, Claudia is a really well-written character and the way that she went, I was not, was not fair.
1: Claudia's character was the most impressive in this film,
0: the most impressive acting performance, especially because she's so young. Yeah. I mean, there are moments when she is facing up against these huge powerhouse of actors and she is standing on her own. I mean, she is, she can tread water by herself just fine.
1: Yeah. She was, amazing in this movie
0: yeah in my mind i'm going what stopped armand from letting louis out quicker like why did he wait until they were ash to let him go
1: he wanted louis all to himself
0: yeah but it's just
1: no no, that's the answer that's it
0: no i don't want to think like that
1: they show a scene where armand goes to the door and he opens it up a little bit and he hears him screaming and then he just kind of closes it.
0: Because he tells Louie that he had no power to stop it or he couldn't have, he couldn't stop it or whatever, which was obviously a lie. He could have killed all of those vampires, saved Claudia and her companion, and then run off with Louie all by himself. I don't understand the whole like, oh, well, just going to hang out Because he's a here. vampire
1: and he has to do it in the shittiest way possible. Because if because this movie tells us anything, it's that vampires are assholes. <laughs> <laughs> and that being a vampire is
0: fucking awful. It is pretty. This awful. is
1: this is a cautionary tale. If if you watch this movie and it makes you want to be a vampire, you have missed the point.
0: Louis has discovered that his love, beloved, is dead, and insert this gonna be good gif of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, louie exacting revenge i mean we are just wide-eyed watching him yeah. throw gasoline everywhere and set all those fuckers on fire the, and the music's going up.
1: bat shit. you got your your yep. violins <laughs> and he's <laughs> he's tearing shit up just killing vampires he he's is- got a big scythe in his hand yeah and that fucker santiago tries to pull some bullshit and he just like fucking cuts him in half. Yeah, he does. He's having none of that shit. He knows. See, you can tell that he's been watching these guys because he knows Santiago's move. He takes a swing at him with the scythe, and Santiago does this thing where he, like, disappears and comes up behind him, but Louie follows all the way through with that swing and hits him. He knew he was going to do that.
0: Yeah. So he effectively destroys all of them.
1: Fucks them up.
0: Yeah. Does not care one bit because they killed Claudia and that was his that was his companion that was his partner
1: of course he leaves uh, armand alive so he can give him the dear john talk
0: smooches <laughs> i mean dear john talk <laughs> well it's just it's funny to me because you know louis goes to armand and armand's like they they were a disappointing crowd like i knew their motives and it was they were stuck in the dark ages and and louis yeah. just basically like I'm about to call you out on your bullshit. Are you ready? Because here it is. I know that you let Claudia die. So as much as I want to be with you, because I know that I could learn a lot from you and we could have so many great makeout sessions. Um, totally.
1: Cause that's what's happening. <laughs> oh yeah. At this point in the movie, I don't even think they're trying to like be coy about that. anymore. Oh no, no,
0: it's, yeah. it happened anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, inserting my fan fiction in there um
1: i don't think it's fan fiction <laughs> at this point. i really don't i think it's definitely probably implied
0: probably not um so louis basically like look i know that you didn't stop them from trying to kill claudia so i'm leaving
1: yeah Just and, fuck you
0: yeah and armand's like but i'll die and louis is like so
1: yeah. bye felicia peace, peace. And they have this big talk, and this is where I need the movie explained to me, like like I'm a fucking child. Because <laughs> first of all, I don't know what, I can't understand what Armand is saying, okay? <laughs> and Louis talking about, I'm not the embodiment of any age. And why? Why does he say that? What is the point of that? What is it that Armand thinks Louis is?
0: Well, I was thinking about this and I might be totally wrong, but what I picked up from it is that he is the embodiment of the new world, of a brand spanking new world where
1: progressive vampires,
0: there are, there's no rules. There's no old world rules of being a vampire. You know, he is, he's basically told him you are a vampire with a heart. You have compassion for these people You know, you feel every single time that you kill, you feel bad. And that's not something that is common for vampires. And he's saying that most vampires don't have the stomach for immortality. Like they just can't handle it. But he's saying that because Louis has the heart that he does, he thinks that he will be able to survive it.
1: Like he'll be able to keep himself together.
0: Right. And he's not just going to be this psycho serial killer. Yeah. 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 So and, so
1: that's what it is. He thinks yes. that Louis is more adaptable because he can empathize.
0: He's an American vampire. I oh, mean, because yeah. America at the time, I mean, we're talking pre-Civil War. You know, America was brand spanking new. The rules were still being laid out. I mean, it was still Wild West out there. So he was discovering himself along with America. And I think that's kind of what he was alluding to. Is that here in Paris, we have old world laws and rules and we see things as old vampires. But you are seeing it in a free, rebellious spirit. And I think that's what attracts Armand to Louis is the fact that he is not like every other vampire. Yes, he's whiny. He's a bitch about a lot of things. But he's actually kind of moved on from that.
1: Is he eating people? We don't know. Yes. I'm going to say yes. He's got to be, right? I'm
0: going to say yes. Yeah.
1: But they never show him do it.
0: No, because I think that he's he does it sparingly and he does it out of necessity, not out of entertainment and fun.
1: I feel like there's something we didn't get to see there. There's yeah. something missing from that part of the story in this film.
0: Uh, I, I feel like that too. I really wish that they had put more.
1: I wish they would have wrapped that plot thread up. They just never did. Yeah. Sufficiently, I don't think.
0: There is one part in the movie where he kind of just... Let's that go. I think he made a decision that no, I'm not going to kill people for the fun of it, like Lestat and Claudia. I'm going to do it when I absolutely have to. Maybe he's like a Dexter vampire. Maybe he only kills bad guys. He's. I like, was thinking
1: that too. Perhaps he
0: is the ultimate Batman. Oh Jesus! <laughs> Immortal Batman.
1: You know, if Brad Pitt would have just said no, we would have had. Val Kilmer in this movie. No, no we would
0: not. No.
1: That he would have been the next guy. He was he was your bargain basement Brad Pitt back then. (laughs) He was your dollar store Brad Pitt.
0: Oh, poor Val Kilmer. Yeah. Poor Brad Pitt.
1: Yeah. Ooh, he looks bad. Those women beat him up bad. He still looks better than Johnny Depp, though. Johnny Depp is off the fucking deep end.
0: You know they wanted him for Lestat.
1: Yeah. yeah how I, I didn't know that shit would he that have been as been Lestat. Insanely good. You think so? He, he was way too busy fluffing old uh Tim Burton at that See, point. See, but that's though. what I'm
0: saying though, is I think he would have Tim Burtoned it too much. And we would have had like cartoony Lestat.
1: I think back then Johnny Depp still knew how to act. He hadn't become yeah. a caricature of himself yet. I, I think it yeah, would have been fine. I think Tom think, Cruise did a damn good job. He though. did.
0: He really did.
1: Yeah. In- I wouldn't I wouldn't trade Tom Cruise for Johnny Depp, but no, if it would have no. happened, I'm sure it would have been fine.
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, Anyway, so Louie breaks it off with Armand and Armand's very sad. And we're all very sad because now we have to leave Armand. Fucking Louie.
1: We <laughs> should have just stuck with Armand from that yeah. point in the movie on.
0: So Louis went back to Louis America. fucked off
1: to wherever. Let's follow Armand around now.
0: I wrote in my notes, I said, and so the adventures of Louis and Armand come to an end, never again to be close enough to make out. (laughs) So then he goes on with the story and he says, I went back to America. I went back to New Orleans, back to my home. He says he doesn't know why, but that's just where he felt like life was taking him. Um, And he experienced movies and got to see sunrises again, which I think is a really cool aspect to his story. Like.
1: I do like that it kind of followed him into the modern age a little bit.
0: Yeah. And it went back to the whole sunrise thing. Yeah. And the fact that he got to, that he gets to experience technology and he gets to see this brand new world. I mean, he's, by this point, he's over 200 years old. Yeah. So, I mean, he's ancient.
1: (laughs) Yeah. He's an old, he's an old vampire. Yeah. Well, I mean, if we're talking about Armand being super old at 400, then. 200's pretty damn old too.
0: Yeah, right? it's not Armand, but whatever. <laughs> anyway, you're just
1: gonna have to get over it. I
0: know, I know. They I know. never
1: made the Armand movie, Ugh. and Antonio Banderas is too old now. He would don't do it. say
0: that. Don't dash it's my hopes It's never gonna fucking happen.
1: <laughs> They're gonna get fucking Taylor Kitsch to play Armand if they ever do an Armand movie. No, it'll be that kid from Twilight. They'll get Taylor Lautner to do it. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> It'll, I hate you. It'll be Taylor Lautner or uh, Zac Efron. You know, they've got Zac Efron playing Ted Bundy. Yes. And he looks he looks good.
0: He does look good. I'm very interested to see what's going to happen with that. Anyway, back to the movie that we were actually supposed to be talking about. And so this is where Louis is coming out of a movie, Tequila Sunrise, which I've never seen. And he finds Lestat in yeah. a broken down house. Just, uh, just
1: kind of sniffs him out.
0: Yeah. Like a like a hound dog. Yeah. Smells that nasty death smell.
1: He said that it was a. It smelled like a different kind of death.
0: Yeah, something like, like that. something familiar. Old death. He yeah, said. yeah. And we f- see that Lestat has been stuck in this house. Uh, he kind of looks like a mummy.
1: He looks like shit. <laughs>
0: he looks awful. He's hasn't eaten anything but animal blood. He's wearing the same clothes that he died in somehow. All his clothes burned off. How? How did he find his clothes?
1: We didn't see him die in the fire, but it doesn't no. matter because we saw him die twice before the fire. So, I mean, I guess he just doesn't fucking die.
0: Neither do his clothes, apparently.
1: Uh, apparently, that when that fire burned, uh, it magically covered him so that the sunlight the next day didn't hit him. And whenever they dug out the rubble, I mean, he was <laughs> fucked up. So he wasn't moving he was probably burnt to a crisp he he was probably he probably just got enough strength to move his toe by eating a spider that crawled in his mouth or some shit (laughs) and and so he never managed to get exposed to sunlight in the years
0: see they never explained that either that needed more context too like where Uh, how this this movie
1: what I'm getting at is this movie doesn't make sense it does not there are so many points in this movie that just totally don't make sense Yeah. It's a shitty movie. No, it's It's not. It's not a shitty movie. No, it's not. It just has a shitty script.
0: There's just some very big plot holes, which is, I'm interested to know if, if Neil Jordan had not done rewrites, what the original screenplay would have looked like.
1: Yeah. I want to see the fucking director's cut or whatever. I want to see her
0: original writing of the screenplay. I guess.
1: Do we need to just read the damn book? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'll audio book it. So he finds Lestat, and Lestat is having a lot of culture shock because life has changed around him. There are lights and
1: noises. He's apparently been sitting in that room for 100 years (laughs) in in an old-ass office chair, just kind of propped up, (laughs) looking like shit. Apparently, they built this house around him that he's in.
0: I don't think that they did that. I think Uh, he just moved into it.
1: He just kind of like <laughs> slithered in there one with night.
0: The, with the office he, chair. He was
1: like doing the worm. Yeah. Kind of slithering. Yeah. Oh, Up he had the-, the office chair and he had like an oar. And he was just kind of pushing himself into this dilapidated building. I believe it. And then a helicopter just, just randomly, randomly yeah. comes by and shines light on him. And he's like, oh, the sun, it burns my flesh. <laughs> and Louie's like. Hey, uh, dude, bruh.
0: It's false. False light, yo. It's cool, man. Chill out.
1: At no point during Lestat's what must have been a harrowing journey from the burned (laughs) building to whatever this shithole is he's found. He never saw a street light.
0: I don't think that he's never seen it. I think it's just so bright for him. Like, it's too loud and it's too bright.
1: I think this movie expects us to not ask this question. (laughs)
0: I just would have really loved for Louie to have, you know, had a sideways hat on and glasses and been like, yo, why you tripping?
1: That'd be awesome. I like it. I'm sure they'll do that. Yeah. After Anne Rice dies and they start, like, making all these fucking movies.
0: Hey, Brian Fuller's making a television show. I told you.
1: Are we going to get to see Gangster Listat? at?
0: <laughs> Probably not.
1: Christopher Nolan would have done Gangster List at. <laughs>
0: But we'll never know because Christopher Nolan won't touch it with a ten foot pole. I'm sure. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Anyway, so he tells Lestat, "Hey, I'm leaving you again because you're old and smelly, and I have my life to lead, whatever that is." And then yeah, he-, he doesn't
1: even give him the fucking time of day. No, he's like, "Oh, you look like shit, bro. I'm out."
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty, and pretty he's much. Gone. Pretty much. And I that's mean-
1: it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, and. The story concludes, and Louis is like, I don't know what happened to Lestat. I don't care. I'm a sad vampire that may or may not eat people. And Christian Slater's like, I want to be a vampire now.
1: Louis face palms. <laughs> I
0: know. Hard. He's yeah. like, Oh,
1: fuck. Really, dude? After all that?
0: After everything I told you, and you're still like, I want to be one of you, please. Yeah. And he's like, You need a companion. I'm it. Is there an application? Where can I fill it out? Like.
1: He's like, no, no,
0: bruh. You missed it. You missed it. And of course, you know, he scares Christian Slater into not wanting to be a vampire anymore and disappears into the night. And Christian Slater is like, oh, my God, I got to get the story hot to the presses.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He hops in his car and he speeds down the highway.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, then then Lestat pops up and I mean like, a, like actually a, pops up right he
1: pops up like out a, of the back seat like a Texas fucking Jack Chainsaw in the box. Massacre style he just pops up <laughs> and he and he bites Christian Slater and then he takes the wheel and they drive off into the sunrise which is gonna kill him
0: how does he know how to drive
1: yeah, well, that's was, a good fucking he question, was isn't
0: it? So there's probably like a five year gap from when. there has
1: to be. Lestat must have eaten enough rats to finally get his shit together. Okay,
0: but here's the thing: he
1: went to driving school. He
0: fu- <laughs> got his license. <laughs> okay, so here's the deal: he okay, New Orleans is here. San Francisco is all the way across the fucking country.
1: He crawled there. <laughs>
0: He just crawled oh, wow. on that office chair. <laughs> I'm sorry. That mental image is just amazing. I'm like, like I'm laughing so hard I'm crying.
1: It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any fucking sense. This movie is a sham. When I was a kid, I thought it was so good. I was like, oh, this movie just oh. speaks to my soul. It's, this movie knows my pain.
0: It's definitely... Has a lot of holes, and whenever, like watching it as an adult, and then looking at all of the humongous plot holes and all of the character flaws, you're just going, "Okay, maybe this movie wasn't as great as I thought it was." I mean, yeah. it's it's a good vampire movie
1: for it's, sure. It's got it's still got great atmosphere, and yes. it's uh it looks good. Yes, it's a great movie. There, don't get me wrong, it's a great movie, but it's a shitty movie. It's it's a good bad movie. It, it's, uh, yeah. it's almost right on the edge of good, bad. Like it, it, it almost breaks into good, good, but yeah. just almost.
0: I think that there's a lot, there's a lot left to be desired. I feel like that they missed a lot as far as like characters or why they did things the way that they did. And like, it, it, I don't know. I feel like that there's so many things that they could have done that would have made it a lot more cohesive. I guess is the word yeah, they for. they could
1: have done a lot of wrapping up things that the audience should be expected to want to know. Yes. If this movie were to come out today, but with the mistakes that it has, it wouldn't have gotten good reviews. It would have probably been a flop. It might have gone straight to Netflix.
0: Probably. and And it's, it kind of makes me sad a little bit because even like going back and reading some of the trivia for the movie, like one of the things that kind of like depressed me was that Brad Pitt had a really horrible time making this movie. He didn't like the makeup, the colored contacts hurt his eyes. They were constantly in the dark and they were having to hide all their vampire makeup. Like, yeah. So, and he didn't like being second banana to Tom Cruise.
1: Sure.
0: Um. So, you know, he, he really tried real hard to get out of this and he was like, no man, it's going to cost a lot of money to do reshoots and to have to do all of this stuff again so you're kind of stuck and like reading that it just kind of like tore the veil away in a really ugly fashion yeah to me but all that to say I still really love this movie me too it's in my top favorites and it really like I said I was super into vampires when I was 10 years old and this only Fed that fire. Yeah. I definitely hearkened back to those days where I very much wanted to be a vampire when I was younger. Like, it just seemed like a cool thing to be. Sure. You know, eternal life. You look hot. You have cool clothes. <laughs> nobody can mess with you. These people didn't
1: have any problems with money and Ew. they, they seem to live life somewhat effortlessly. It's kind of like friends or something.
0: But now, as an adult, like, I don't want to live forever. Oh god no. I I don't like I can't even stand the thought of being old enough to forget my name. Yeah. Like I don't want to go through that. And so 15-year-old me would have been like, "Yeah, totally sign me up for being a vampire." But 28-year-old me is going, "No, dude. Like if I can't remember my name, take me out back and shoot me." Seriously, I don't want to go through that. That's that no. Uh-uh.
1: Yeah, and it's like I said, you know, this movie really is a cautionary tale. Don't don't be a vampire.
0: Yeah. You know, you're, you're basically frozen in time. You know, yeah. you, you don't age. Everyone around you dies. All of your friends, all of your family dies because you don't want to make them what you are. You know, they're dying. The world is changing. You have to experience everything forever. And that just sounds so depressing to me. Like, I don't want to... No way, man. This life is hard enough. But now that I don't have a end like there's not an end game to this hell no
1: and couple that with the insatiable bloodlust
0: oh boy i mean back in the 1800s you could get away with murder very easily i mean if, as long as you were white and male it was fine um but nowadays with social media the way it is and fingerprints and dna like i would be screwed screwed
1: how shitty would it be to be a vampire in prison
0: <laughs> you'd be you'd be Hannibal Lecter that's what they would do to you they'd stuff you in a plastic cell and feed they yeah you they would f- blood bags
1: they would contain you yeah I mean shit Louis almost got done in by a fucking wall being built around him you know imagine they put you in the Supermax. That's
0: true. that's true that's true but I mean that's what you'd be you'd be Hannibal Lecter yeah yeah how many
1: episodes have we done now about people that eat other people
0: uh this is our third one
1: our third I think yeah that's people our third eating one. other people episode it's, uh, becoming it's a becoming theme. a theme yeah
0: I, I don't know how I feel about that but all right maybe we should not do something so uh bloody and people eaty next time
1: what do you want to do next
0: Ah, <sighs> that's a good question I think we should do I think we should do like a, a full-on comedy next really yeah
1: what do you have in mind
0: I don't know I'd, I'd have to think about that well, hey, you know what? It'll be a surprise. How about that? We'll surprise all of you. With and ourselves. Doing, and ourselves with what we're doing <laughs> next.
1: We never know what we're doing.
0: Yeah. I mean, we just fly by the seat of our pants here.
1: All right. Well, that's... Uh,
0: that was an Interview with the Vampire.
1: It's uh, It was very nostalgic to watch it again. Yes, it was. I enjoyed watching it again. Should we talk about Queen of the Damned at all? No. Just Horrible forget it ever happened.
0: Me. It's... Okay. So, well, briefly... For those of you who are not Anne Rice followers or don't in- watch vampire movies at all or whatever your excuse may be, they decided to continue the Lestat story and go into some Ugh. realm of ridiculousness where he's this- He's a rock star. He's a rock star. Of
1: course he is. God and that wasn't that's not that's not the problem i have with this movie when this movie was getting ready to come out there was a buzz about it and i was into it i was kind of ready for it i thought it would be cool it it wasn't it was shit
0: delving into lestat's backstory with marius and then i can't remember how but akasha the vampire queen comes back to life and they have to destroy her but Lestat is like balls deep in love with her and it's just so stupid it it was
1: really dumb god it was one of the worst movies i've ever seen and
0: it could have been great yes it it had the potential to be really great and they just i don't know where they went wrong i don't know if it was Stuart townsend i don't know if it was the writing i don't know Well,
1: Aliyah died in the middle of the filming of this movie did she yes alia was working on she was in this movie when she died in a plane crash oh and so
0: i mean i knew she died but i didn't know that she died in the middle of making the movie she
1: was supposed to be a much bigger part of this movie and they had to reshoot a lot of stuff just to get it out there because they had shot most of uh you know everyone else's scenes yeah. and they they hadn't gotten everything they needed from her yet you can also see in some points in the movie where they simply pasted her head onto a model's body, um, mm. and badly, and that yeah. that seemed when I, I remember watching it when I was uh, when it came out because I went to the theater to see that I went opening night to see Queen of the Damned. That's how excited I was for it, and yeah. man,
0: I mean Stuart Townsend's hot. That's one. Akasha's. Uh, costumes and wardrobe was amazing but that's it yeah don't waste your time i'm serious like don't even like if you
1: get... it even had like really shitty like shots it had like really bad dutch angles and some really sloppy camera work i mean it, uh... there there wasn't anything good about this movie no. maybe like you say some of the costumes but that doesn't score any points for me when it, everything else is so bad
0: no i mean it... Maybe if you get super into Anne Rice and the Lestat character, maybe if you want to venture into the darkness.
1: I think that the that the Anne Rice people hated this movie too. Oh, they absolutely yeah. did
0: because it was garbage.
1: Yeah, I remember hearing people just cursing the movie, saying it was the worst thing. I mean, I know I know it is a bad movie, but a lot of people saw it as being a a real turd on this franchise.
0: Well, let's just hope that Brian Fuller resurrects listot and all of those characters and does a fine good job as we know that he will
1: brian fuller is practically god as far as i'm concerned he will he will make it amazing
0: you yeah i have no doubt yeah well anyway
1: brian fuller our god our true (laughs) lord and savior the lord and savior of television
0: (laughs) who keeps getting canceled that's okay
1: jesus got canceled once
0: I shouldn't be laughing at that. <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you so much for listening. I know we went off on a lot of rabbit trails, but it's dumpster fire. What do you expect? Okay. We, we didn't make any promises of being organized or being having any kind of system. Okay. You can find us uh, on Twitter at Dfire Cinema. You can also find us now. We are on Blog Talk Radio. That's
1: right. Yeah. We are on the Astro Panda Network. Mm-hmm. There are new corporate overlords who tell us what to do, and they told us to tell you to listen to stuff on the Astro Panda Network. So do that.
0: There are lots of really great podcasts on the Astro Panda Network. VDVQ is one of them. Yep. Um, my other podcast, Queens of the Millennial Age, is going to get picked up by them. I mean, there is a... Volk. Volk. is got. Did he get picked up? Yeah. Um, but there are a ton of really great podcasts. So if you are looking to listen to something new i mean other than dumpster fire cinema then definitely go check them out um we also have a facebook page under dumpster fire cinema uh, uh, you know
1: what i'm just gonna go ahead and say it and we we haven't received an email yet no so to the first person just anyone that writes us an email and tells us a movie to review we'll review it whatever it is yeah it could be- i don't give a fuck if it's it could be a Serbian film. We'll watch a Serbian No, I'm not watching a Serbian film.
0: Don't make me do this. I, I'm not
1: gonna do it. You know what'd be hilarious
0: it? is if somebody emailed us and told us to do Queen of the Damned.
1: Oh my god. <laughs> I, yeah. We're we'll, like,
0: I love that movie. Now you have <laughs> now you have to review it, suckers.
1: So yeah, so that that offer is is uh for anyone. Just just email us, tell us a yep. movie you wanna see, we'll watch it. Absolutely. Even if it's disgusting. I haven't seen uh pink flamingos. Everyone tells me I need to see pink flamingos. I don't know what that is. Uh John Waters' movie, it's r- supposed to be really fucked up.
0: I know who John Waters is and that makes me like that instantly gives me like
1: the Heebie Jeebies. Yeah. I think this is a Heebie Jeebie kind of movie.
0: Yeah. I mean, not the Heebie Jeebies podcast which you should go listen to, but it does give me the Heebie Jeebies.
1: So thanks for uh listening guys. Yes, thank you so see much. Ya. Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to Dumpstar Fire Cinema. Be sure to tell your friends.
1: You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. I'm back, Louie. For the fifth time, I've come back to life.
0: I can't die, so please stop trying to kill me.
1: <laughs> Will you please quit killing me, Louie? Jesus, hurts. man, it's getting really annoying.
0: It hurts so much.
1: Oh, helicopters.